The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, Rod Squad. Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. We were, I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's the second seating, as I like to say, the RP Show. Football Friday for Flame Tech, your industry leader in combustion services. We're uh, one day into week nine in the CFL. The NFL kicked off last night, and our next guest is a true Hall of Famer, Canadian. Oh, Got so much to get to with you, Nick. <laughs> Good to see you. Get Good that to see mic you as working, well. man. West Cates broke it. Yeah, Wes over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, University of Pennsylvania, or was it Cal University Penn. of California in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Yes, 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 yes. He no made beaches. that school what it is today. <laughs> Him and uh, Jeff Knox, two pretty good ballers, come out of there. Yeah, it is. Uh, Again, Hall of Famer, and you can talk about all these things, Nick. This guy is averse in a lot of topics. Uh, the breaking news today, Dave Dickinson will not coach the Calgary Stampeders at Ottawa tonight. He's been ruled out due to, I guess, COVID protocol. I haven't seen the official release or statement or so forth, but Mark Killam will coach his very first CFL game tonight for the Calgary Stampeders, their special teams coordinator. And that is our poll question for Capital Automobile Universal Collision Center. Today, can the Calgary Stampeders win without Dave Dickinson on the sidelines? Now, remember, they're at Ottawa so, yeah, of course they can beat him without uh, Dave Dickinson, but it'll be odd. And John is going to be on the sidelines as well, coming out of the press box to help out. So we'll get to all the comments and everything from the viewers. Everybody's excited to talk to Nick, but nobody's more excited than me. I spent 17 weeks in Calgary, Nick. I didn't realize that's your town. Oh, man, it's I your town. Place. I love that place. That's it how, loves you. I, I, I'm actually headed back um, on Sunday. I'll be there all week. Um, have a charity event um, there Monday, and then another charity event on Thursday. I what mean Friday. They? What are they? Um, Legends for Learners uh, on Monday at the Valley Ridge Golf Course. I'll be a part of that, and then on Friday we're going to uh, the Prolific Sports House and playing basketball uh, for child and adolescent mental health for the Alberta Hospital. Good for you, man. So yeah, I, I get back. I do quite a bit there in Calgary, and. Just love being in town, and uh, just two weeks ago, I was there for kids' play, uh, getting South Asian kids into uh, more into sports, and then I did um, the Alberta Selects football camp. So, yeah, You're a busy guy. It's 
it's always good to get back. Well, um, Jason and Red Deer writing in, hey, Nick, great seeing you at the Selects Camp in Calgary a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for signing my football. Jack in Vulcan, Alberta says, nasty, happy birthday. He's talking about Sheldon Napastic. It's Sheldon Nasty Napastic's birthday today. <laughs> oh, man, happy birthday, Sheldon. Great player, great all-around guy and friend of the RP show. And, hey, Nick Lewis, goat. That's from Jack Fulton. And we're talking about Sask quarterbacks. And I say this with all respect to the guy that wrote it in. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, Lancaster was great. Austin was really good. Durant was good. That's the Ryder quarterback, Mount Rushmore, no doubt. Well, for one, you need four, Jeff. Just keep your Ryder opinions to yourself. You're a Stamps fan. (laughs) We've won four great cups, so it's Lancaster, Austin, Joseph, and Darian. That's the Mount Rushmore. Did you mention them all? I don't think you did. No, you didn't. So that's the Mount Rushmore. And I guess we'll jump right into it. They're down on Cody Fajardo in this town, and it bothers me. Where are you on the Fajardo debate? I'll tell you two years ago. Uh, I can't remember. I get opinions from everybody. It's one of those things where Cody's a – I feel like Cody's a really good leader. Like, you see him communicate well with the guys, do those things. But his skill set is very limited. And when you get on a roll and things are connecting, the defense is creating turnovers, you're having short fields – it doesn't come into play that much. And I believe in, in 2019, when he took over, there was just the defense was playing lights out. There was a lot of short fields, uh, things like that. And then I just never thought he was going to be the guy, right? He's a, he's a, I don't even, I wouldn't even call him great like Wes did. He's, he's a good quarterback. And when, I, when, when pro athletes compare good, bad, great, we're comparing him to other pros. We're not saying that he's a bad quarterback compared to college quarterbacks or high school quarterbacks. Like, he's still better than you at home. I promise you that. But <laughs> we're just saying that compared to other pro quarterbacks, he's very limited in his skill set. And I think a lot of that he was able to make up for in being a great leader, getting his team ready to play, having them play above themselves at times. Um but, you know, I always look back as I don't know if Moss and Cody are a perfect fit because Moss played uh, – Moss was the best OC or his best self when he had Hank and um, Mike Riley, two guys that had arms to throw the ball down the field. He struggled with Trevor Harris, who didn't throw the ball down the field. He struggles with Fajardo because he didn't throw the ball down the field. So I think that's really one of the biggest things. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, as I mentioned, 17 weeks in Calgary, coming back into the Ryder Nation, uh, it's a lot. And here's my observations from Calgary, Nick, that I think you'll agree in. The Stamps have a far bigger brand there than I thought. You see that Stamps logo a lot of places. Ball caps, golf shirts, bumper stickers. But it's still flames here, Stamps here. That's a fact, right? That's all they're yeah. talking about is the flames. But the Stamps are still a bigger deal than I thought. But then you come here... And it's all riders all the time. And I'm getting to a point. I've heard 87 million different opinions on what's wrong with the riders in the last five days. I'm losing my mind. I can't keep straight. And I said to Jim Hobson yesterday, he was here. I said, how did you deal with that? And he goes, I embraced it. I never ran away from it. He's the president of the team. Um, It's a lot. Like, do these fans know what's wrong? Because I'm hearing everything's wrong. No, I, I mean, I think you just have to accept you're the fourth best team in the league. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Because we know on any day any team can win a playoff game. Uh, being the fourth best team in the league where, one, you look at Winnipeg, who's 
beating everybody. Yep. They're nine and zero. BC, Calgary, and then Sask. Sask. But what do they all have in common? Those are the best four defenses in the ah. league. Those are the by far the four best defenses in the league. I mean, you can't say Bo's been playing great this year. You can't say that really. I wouldn't even say Zach does well. Um, Wes and I think he's the best player in the league. Correct. He's accurate. Zach is uh, very he, accurate. Last night he was very, very accurate. He's very accurate, yeah. right? And when he gets out of the pocket, he makes – he's very accurate out of the pocket, which a lot of quarterbacks struggle with. So, Zach, when he gets out of the pocket, extending the play, being able to make the throw uh, to extend drives is very crucial for them. But also their defense is just short field after short field. They don't – they're never going to just give up a bunch of points where you have to come back. Like if Zach was down about 17 points – is Zach going to bring them back? I don't know. But when you can play from ahead and he can just say a punt's a great offensive play, he's going to be successful. And, and I think the BC has to do the same thing with, with their quarterback. They have to be in games. You don't want him playing from behind, play within himself, and be able to go out there and execute. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Sass being the fourth best team in the league. But these fans want to be number one, and it's eating them alive that Winnipeg is. And uh, that's a deeper and another conversation as to why the Riders aren't anymore and Winnipeg is. Craig Campbell's watching from the Hockey Hall of Fame in Tirana, and he says, who's the better Lewis, Nick, Eugene, or Leo? One's well, I've Hall never seen Leo play. I, I, you <laughs> right. know, I heard some great things about him. I tell you what, I was I was with Gino in uh, Montreal my last year, and man, that's a that's a talent. But he's got the second best hands to me, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's Hall of Famer for a reason. Which, incidentally, how was the induction? It was good. It was good. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was 18 of us in my family that went down, and uh, family and friends, and we went to Toronto, hung out for one night, then went to Hamilton, and enjoyed the festivities man it's it's always for me to sit down one with like mike walker great and guy to sit down you know i haven't seen will johnson in a long time and big chill and uh see hank i i honestly haven't talked to hank since the Grey cup in ottawa like what is 2017. It, 2017 that was the last time me and hank talked you need to DM on Instagram more. That's how I talk to him. Yeah, so <laughs> to be able to sit down and just have conversations and just enjoy where we are today yeah, in that's our lives. Yeah, that's talking. Face to face. doing things like that. It was, uh, it was really good seeing Nicole and the kids and, and everyone and just be proud of him. But to hear the stories of the, of the other it's guys. The greatest, and, and then it? to see guys that have waited 20, 30 years or 40 years and to get in. And, you know, RIP Doug Mitchell, man. I, I definitely enjoyed – his name I was comes like, up what's up, brother? Yeah. And he, he loved it. And, you know, just being able to hang with Doug, and I was supposed to go see him next time I was in Calgary. And it was just crazy. So, as, yeah. Did you have a sign or sense that your mom was there? Yes. The wind was blowing incredibly hard. And I just got that sense that, that she was a, a presence there. And, but it was uh, ultimately they told me I had four minutes. I think I did 18. No! You were yeah. that guy. How about that? You schultzed it. Hey, once Huff was up there for 10 plus, I said, I'm going all in. I, yeah. I actually did an impromptu five minutes, and then I said, okay, now I'm going to start my speech. So, Good for you. Well, cool. I got to be honest. I, um, I've been to so many of those Hall of Fame inductions, and you just said it. 
the stories are unbelievable. And if you actually listen to the inductees and what they're saying, it's like a how-to book for life to overcome adversity. Everybody has it, yeah. you know, in their life. You overcame it. All those guys overcame it and got into the Hall of Fame. I love, love it, and it just burns my ass that TSN or the CFL don't do a far bigger deal of it. Like, for instance, when Jim Hobson went into the Hall of Fame, I said, can you send me the video of it, Jim? I can't make it, but I'd like to see your speech. He sends me a, face, a Facebook video of his kid took. I'm like, this isn't right. They're, I'm sorry. Nobody but, in Hamilton knew what was going on. That too. There was like nothing to promote it. There was <laughs> nothing to really um, do anything around it. But, you know, it's just one of those things. And, I mean, I've seen a couple of the guys in um, uh, Wilson, Don Wilson. That's a big Argo's dude. great. And yeah. I, was, I looked at Don Wilson and I said – Instantly, I got competitive, and I said, man, I wish I could have seen you on the field. Because that's oh, where you, that's where you stud, rank man. yourself, he right? Was a you want to play the best so that you can see where you rank up. And, and I was always enjoyed that. He's like, yeah, we would have some great battles. And, and Orlando Steinhauer, who I got to play with at the end of his career the last couple of years. So, no, it was great. Great times. I tell you what, you know, that's the one thing. I'm always the fish swimming upstream, and you're a little that way yourself. We just think and look at things a little differently. And like Rogers Center, we love Rogers Center, right, Wes? How could you not as rider people? One Grey Cups there. And you walk into that place, and you look up at those banners, those Argo numbers. Don Wilson's was up there. Obviously, Flutie, Paul Masati. Some real awesome Argo greats. And Don yeah. Wilson was one of them. And like at BMO, I don't even remember seeing any Argo banners in there. Like, that was a great home for the Argos, I thought. Yeah, and, you know, for a lot of it, it's BMO's kind of like Montreal and McGill. Like, yeah. you set up on that day of the game, and then you tear down. So, it's you really home. don't, yeah, you really don't have anything to, to do. And there's a lot of stadiums like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate that uh, there aren't CFL-built stadiums for CFL teams, and maybe in the future. Uh, hey, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat is watching, and she says, I'm not worried about my riders until they lose to Edmonton. Uh, I haven't even looked at the schedule. I don't know when they've got it coming up. J- the Elks, Jason and Red Deer, good news, rider fans. The riders are guaranteed to not lose this week. <laughs> That's, hey? Out of the bye next week? Oh, up there. I'm going to be there. I might actually go to it. They get a little sure. bit better. Hell yes. Yeah. Well, um, so to our viewers, the rider fans – I'm going to tell you something. You get enough coverage, okay? We're going to talk about the other teams. That's part of the reason why I think that our show has been very popular in Alberta. Stamps and Elks aren't getting a lot of coverage there. So when we roll in and talk CFL, the fans love it because they're not getting it anywhere else. Yep. Winnipeg's different story. They get a lot of coverage. But I'll put to you what I put to West last hour. Bombers 18-0. They're 9-0. They're halfway there. Could it happen? I think the only challenge they'll have is BC. Uh, the next time they play the Stamps, the Stamps play, I believe, in Toronto or Montreal or Hamilton, and then they play in Winnipeg five days later. So back-to-back road games five days apart, you're almost 100% chance to lose that game. And then it being Winnipeg in Winnipeg is going to be tough, right? Because mm-hmm. you play five days before that. And I don't know, maybe Winnipeg has a week – uh, before that game, so preparation plays a key in well, all hear, those games. It's the CFL, and every, actually every yeah. league is the same. Just imagine this: imagine they're seventeen and zero. They've got everything locked up. 
And they're coming home in a meaningless game, and you're Mike O'Shea going, oh, I've got to win one game to be 18-0, but this game means nothing. Do you go out to win it, or do you rest everybody? Remember what Kent did in 07? He rested guys at home. We could have won our 13th game, sat Kerry down, and Kerry was mad. Players, of course, want to play, but could you imagine that scenario? That could happen. I could. I could. Yeah. I mean, 2013, when the Riders won the Grey Cup, um, the last game of the season, we played B.C., uh, Mark Wade McDaniel went down that game. Um, Micah Johnson went down. Uh, uh, DeMonte Bolden went down. So we had, I think, five starters got injured that game. Uh, that was the year I broke my leg, so I was out. But it was just one of those things where we beat them the week before, and then we go into the Western Final, and they have 200 more yards rushing than they did in the in Week 17. So understanding all those factors, I mean, you don't want to sacrifice a – a championship just to go 18 and 0. Absolutely not. But so we're all saying no. That would be a pretty good poll question. Uh, can the Winnip- can you see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers going 18 and 0? It's a universal no from all three of us. It's, it's never before happened. It'd be very hard to do. But but what is our actual poll question? And we'll flash it again before we break. Is for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Can the Calgary Stampeders win tonight? Without Dave Dickinson, he's in COVID protocol. Mark Killam will be running the show on the sidelines at TD Play Stadium in Ottawa. We'll talk about that game with Nick and the rest of the Week 9 games in the CFL. And we haven't even talked NFL yet, so stick around. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech is your industry leader in combustion services. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta love the mechanical bull. I used to have a rule. If I saw one, I'd ride it. That rule is now passed. But uh, you still can down at Queen City X, or as we like to call it, Buffalo Days. I haven't even opened up the text line yet, and I should. A couple things that I need to uh, mention. The 163rd running of the Queen's Plate is taking place Sunday, August 21st. A day full of the best Canadian thoroughbred racing. Great fashion, amazing food, and loads of fun. Get your tickets today at woodbine.com or play along on Woodbine's Dark Horse betting app. It's available for Android and Apple devices. And last hour, we had Jim Lawson with us, the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. Uh, They're running races every Thursday night. You download that app. You can wager on races every week. Uh, What else do we have here? World Juniors. Edmonton is hosting the world this summer. We're going to pick two lucky winners today. This You have, uh, what, 40 minutes to enter this week's draw. Text World Juniors in all caps to 902 518 3033 right now, and we'll be picking two names today randomly, and you get to pick the games that you want to attend in the round robin at the World Juniors. They are August 9th to the 20th. Purchase your tickets today at hockeycanada.ca. They begin at just $40. So um, there's a lot to talk about with Nick Lewis here, the Hall of Famer. We should talk about. Dave Dickinson not coaching tonight. I look at my bell here, my stamps bell, because of COVID protocol. None of us can believe it's still a thing, but it is. So, yeah, what do you think about Killam coaching for the first time tonight? I think it'd be great. You know, Mark, you know, I've seen him since 2006 when he was our strength and conditioning coach and then to work his way up 
uh, to becoming one of the best special team coaches in the CFL. Uh, he's respected from all the guys in the locker room. He's a good positive guy to be around yeah. and just talk to. Uh, so he relates, man. So that's it's good. I, I don't think they'll have a drop off there. But with Dave calling plays and you say Huff is coming back to the sideline, is Huff coming back? <laughs> Forever? <laughs> yeah. Well, who's going to call plays? Kellum can't. I think Huff will. If Or Mark could do it with Huff in his ear. What about Mark Mueller? Could do it with Huff in his ear. Mark Mueller. They meant Mark Kellum would call plays. No, no, Mueller. Mark Mueller. Yeah. So it'd be he would have the earpiece in and Huff would just tell him what to call. <laughs> and nobody would know the difference. I mean, we, we'll see. Uh, one, every time I see Huff, he's so well prepared. He stays four, five, six weeks ahead. He breaks down every team. He understands what's going on in that organization. He understands all the teams that they play against. So it's not far-fetched to think that Huff couldn't come and call a game. Saw him in the press box in Edmonton at a game earlier this summer. It's very clear that he's very much got his finger on the pulse. He's not sitting there eating caviar and shrimp cocktail in the press box. Oh, no. He's working. He's working. And he will always (laughs) be working. If you want to know the success of the Calgary Stampeders, it begins with J and ends with H. Um, So that's the two. We talked about Winnipeg and Montreal last night. Winnipeg won 35-20. Calgary, wait a minute. You're a Twitter guy. How much time do you spend on Twitter? Uh, not much anymore. I've been on there lately because you but you know what? I actually talk worse about the Stamps and Alouettes than any other team <laughs> just because I uphold them to a different standard. And Your former teams. Yeah. Right. So speaking of alumni, Doug Brown tweeting last night, whoa, are the Alouettes ever undisciplined? Milt Stiegel, same thing. And I'm thinking, how many people are understanding these are Kahari Jones' old teammates? I said the same thing. And I'm a Kahari Jones Twitter. teammate. Yeah, right. No, I put it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's three guys now that played with Kahari. What kind of a mess is going down in Montreal? And again, that's your former team, so that must hurt you. You know, it's just really crazy when you see someone, like I was there in the turmoil and understanding we didn't make the playoffs. They hadn't made the playoffs since 2013. Kahari comes in and makes the playoffs, right? When he takes over, makes the playoffs the next year after that. And then the owner puts a bullseye on his head before the first game this year. Yeah. And I even tweeted that last night. said, how do you put a bullseye on Kahari's head before game one? And now it's crickets. When you <laughs> clearly you. should have won those first two games, right? You come off a of bye week. You should have won the first two games. It's an over 80% chance to win when you change head coaches in the first game. And they don't. And they didn't. And the only team they beat was Ottawa. They're one and three. And now they're looking at going and doing, like, come on, man. Just because it's the East and you say, okay, well, we only had to win six games to get in. But let's call it what it is. They're no better. They're no more disciplined. And I don't hear anything out of that owner's chair right now. It's only crickets. But when Kahari was the head coach, it seemed like something was going wrong. I'm with you. And the thing is, Eddie Steele, and listen, you understand social media isn't real life. Newsflash, it's not (laughs) real life. But Eddie Steele, our good friend, calling out Gary Stern on Twitter this morning or last night saying, why did you fire Kahari? What's What's the real reason? That's from Eddie. So I'm just thinking, 
who didn't see this coming? Like Gary Stern says, he's watching the Grey Cup going, it would be cool to own a team. I said to my buddy Sid, let's own a team. Gary's swimming in the deep end right now without water wings. I mean, the you first thing I mean? they did was get rid of the cheerleaders. Then they brought them back because of that whole... Public pressure. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, we all know that Montreal wants a French head coach. Mm-hmm. So they have one. And now they have one, but you're getting the same results. The French people want to win. That mm-hmm. fan base wants to win over anything. Um, so... I just, I just don't understand the logic in it, making the playoffs two years in a row. Uh, your starting quarterback goes down. The best player on your offense goes down, and Williams stand back the first game of the year. Like, Baron Miles is, you know, coming into D coordinator. Like, come on, man. Like, let's, let's call it what it is. Um, they wanted to get rid of people. And I think the play for Danny Machocha was always to be the head coach. And I personally believe – you know, him and Thorpe are good friends. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make Thorpe the head coach next year. Yeah. Well, all I'm, all I'm saying is sitting here as a longtime CFL guy. And Gary Stern's come on this show. It seems to be, he seems to be a really great guy. It's not a toy. These are people's lives. You know what I'm saying? This is fun and games. And he's kind of acted like it's fun and games. All the owners do. Right? It's people's lives and so you're saying it you're saying it's crickets over there i think he's realized this ain't a toy it's a pro football team that's it and if you don't respect your you don't respect your players you don't respect your coaches or organization you know it could it could become a real bad situation because when when i when you're a player you look at all those things how do players get treated by the team how is the owner how are all these things when i'm going to play somewhere so then you become a place that you have to overpay everybody to go play there. People go to Calgary because they understand they're going to win. I'm going to have a chance to win. I'm in a stable and great organization. People don't go to certain places. Edmonton had to pay Kenny Lawler 300000 to get him to Edmonton. Like, let's think about that. And yeah, so. Uh, I love it. Um, from our viewers, I'm sorry, there's a lot of great. <laughs> on the French speaking, Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg says, Don Matthews spoke French. Can we say some French? Un peu. Oh, I was there. I know. Just enough. I hear it from, I'd hear it from all the people. Like the, some people get mad if you don't speak French. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but you know what? It, 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 it is the undertone of Montreal. Uh, but, you know, you own the team, they're in the league. But you, you said it yourself. They'd rather win. It would be nice if he spoke French. 100%. But they'd rather win. That's it. So Don Matthews spoke just enough. That's all I'll say. Other games. This was Saturday doubleheader. I, we're all salivating to get your take on these. Canada's game of the week. Hamilton at Toronto. Last I looked, Argo's favored by two at betregal.ca. And people are scoffing that, saying Hamilton's going to go in there and speedboat him. What do you think? Toronto's good. I wouldn't put the Argos by two because Boris Beattie would probably miss two or three field goals. What's happening with him? The same thing always happens to him. He's mentally weak. He's never prepared to the level that he needs to prepare to. Uh, he relies on his leg strength, and um, somebody's got to push him. I mean, I used to have the conversation with him all the time in Montreal. It's like, 
dude, when are you going to become the person you should be? Like, find greatness. You go out here and you're just lackadaisical, and then you miss one. Mm. No, it's not that. Like, you understand, you've lost a game this year. and At least one. Yeah. And yeah. then you put a team in bad situation. So, um, mm. he's got to step up. And, you know, they're – those teams like that, they tend to get better. Like Edmonton's going to continue to get better. Toronto's going to continue to get better. But also Hamilton. And I think with Matt Schiltz and um, Dane Evans right now, they, they're finding a good little balance of how to utilize both. And it's creating some unique problems for the defense because you have to prepare for everything. So you're preparing for two different people, and that's very hard for a lot of defenses. See so you go along with Hamilton's going to go in there and win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough. I think that's always a tough matchup to to know who's going to win. But um, I definitely think they have a, a fighting chance to go win. Then the later game, the whopping story on this to me is the point spread. Uh, Edmonton at BC and Bet Regal has the Lions favored by 10.5 at home. The BC Lions favored by 10.5 over at Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks. I got to watch this game because Duran's playing. Well, frankly, if he's not playing, I'm not interested in watching most times. I just love Duran. What do you yeah. think about this game? Um, I could definitely see BC winning, but uh, I, it goes back to their youth without Brian Burnham. They're, they're very young, and they don't always play at that level. And you've seen it in the SAS game a couple weeks ago. They just don't always play at the level they should be playing at. The defense does. The offense is very inconsistent. Uh, if they hit big plays, they usually score. If they don't hit a lot of big plays, they t- they they struggle to score points. So that's why he put up. That's why the quarterback throws for so many yards because it's mostly big plays. He'll have four or five big plays in a game. It's it's going to put him at 150, 200 yards, and then from there it's just a lot of struggles. So understanding um, what they're doing, I, I I honestly think they can win that game by 10 plus. Wow, hey. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be hard, though. I mean, anytime you go into professional sports, it's hard to win by double digits, especially when you're favored by double digits and you're supposed to win. Yeah. I don't think I got into this much. When we come back, we got a lot of questions from the viewers. I just open it up, and it's like, whoa. So I'll read those next segment. But here, you mentioned double digits. Here's my thinking. Riders, i got to ask your take on this. We talked about Fajardo enough, but they were up. 17-4, second quarter on BC, and I actually thought they were going to lock it down and win the game, and they didn't. My point being, it's hard to move the ball enough. It's harder to score points. You got up by 13, lock it down, and they didn't. Um, what is with this Ryder team right now? Can they turn this around? They're on a three-game losing streak. I was sitting beside Andrew Green in, uh, at the game, and I told Andrew, I said, Let's, when they got the ball back right before the end of the half, and they, were dry, and they had a couple plays and they had to punt it. I said, if BC scores a touchdown here, they'll win this game. I understood that the Riders scored off of a uh, strip sack by Charleston. They had some other uh, penalties that allowed them to get into the end zones. So they were already struggling. And just offensively, I didn't think they would be able to put up enough points to beat BC. Uh, getting the 17 to four lead, I thought that going into halftime with the momentum, if the defense could keep playing at that level, maybe create one more turnover, they could ice the game in the second half. But when they gave up that touchdown and it became a one-score game, I was like, "That's it, ball game." 
a mental thing. Totally mental. Hey. Okay, we'll come back with viewer takeover. We'll get into it early for Taco Time and uh, a sports update. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Queen City X, the place to be. Formerly Buffalo Days. Kids having a great time down there at Exhibition Park. It's a football Friday here. Just ahead of more with Nick Lewis's sports update. Whit Merrifield says he is vaccinated for COVID-19 and will be cleared to play for Toronto when the Blue Jays return to Canada. Merrifield was acquired in a trade with Kansas City on Tuesday for two minor leaguers. The two-time All-Star was in the starting lineup in center field for his first game with his new team. That's the Jays at Minnesota. And the Jays won 9-3. Merrifield was among 10 players on the Royals who were unvaccinated last month, preventing him from going to Toronto. Calgary Flames and recently acquired forward Jonathan Huberdeau have agreed to an $84 million eight-year contract extension. The 29-year-old Huberdeau came to Calgary from the Florida Panthers, as we know, along with Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwent, and a 2025 conditional first-round pick in exchange for Matthew Kachuk. Edmonton is hosting the world this summer. The World Juniors back August 9th to the 20th. Purchase your tickets today at hockeycanada.ca. They start for as low as $40. And we'll see you up there beginning Monday. We'll be broadcasting for two weeks from Edmonton and the World Juniors. And bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. It's AI-powered <laughs> insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. Jason and Red Deer uh, wrote in some time ago and said, hey, we haven't talked yet about the NFL preseason game Tuesday night. And Jason, you're a regular here. You're a P1. You should know coffee starts at 10 Mountain AM. <laughs> we talked about it already, but I'm willing to talk about it again. The Vegas Raiders gave Coach Josh McDaniels a successful homecoming in his debut on their sideline. Josh Jacobs, rookies Amir White, and Austin Walter ran well. On a rain-soaked field in Canton, Ohio, the Raiders spanked Jacksonville 27-11 to in the Hall of Fame game, which spoiled the debut of Jags head coach Doug Peterson. And I'll spend a minute on that. Derek Carr didn't play for the Raiders. Devontae Adams didn't play for the Raiders. Trevor Lawrence didn't play for the Jags. Nick Lewis loves talking some NFL. Did you catch any of the game last night? Because I couldn't find it. No, I didn't watch any of it. Um, I was watching the... Bombers and Alouettes game, mm -hmm. and yeah, it was just one. I, I was way more entertaining than I thought it would be. Uh, shout out Tyson Philpot, you know what I'm saying? Whoa. Like doing his thing, but NFL wise, man. And then when you see, I seen Josh Jacobs had some carries, I was very surprised that he played in the game. So, um, I just see the mentality there, man. It's that division, the best in football, the best in a long time, like. Just thinking about the Chargers being young and having a quarterback and the Raiders now getting Devontae Adams and having a quarterback, even though he calls him a Hall of Famer. But <laughs> um, the Chiefs having a, a quarterback and now Denver getting Russell Wilson. So that's going to be some exciting football. The NFC West was pretty exciting last year and for the last couple of years. Yeah. But it's been supplanted 
by the AFC West. But you are a fan of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry spoke last week in Oxnard. Did you follow that whole scenario there? No, man. I haven't followed much of the Cowboys. I'm, you know what, Ron? I'm like this. He's, ta- he's tapering expectations. He's trying to, like, Dak is not, like, I'm, I'm, I tried last year. I said I'm all in on Dak. But then it's just so frustrating to watch him constantly miss open receivers, throw the ball behind mm-hmm. them, like no catch and run balls. They're diving for balls that they should be able to catch and run. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm big on the defense, Micah Parsons, and, and what they're doing there. It's a game changer. Uh, but I definitely believe if you want Dak to be the quarterback, you need somebody like Sean Payton to come in and – be innovative in the offense. We're already talking about it. Right? Because he did look what look what he did with um Hill in New Orleans. Like they won games with a guy they that they shouldn't have won games. Games. With. Yeah. And I and I would we'd all agree that Dak is better than Taysom Hill. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> yeah, but hey pardon us as we have a little Dallas Cowboys discussion. So Jarrah spoke to the media last week and is entertaining as always, right? And he said uh, we got McCarthy back for year three in a five-year deal, and he goes, and I got options. I got options. I don't need to have them, but I'm bringing them back because I don't have time to have a bad time. And the media all broke out laughing, and Jerry's like, I don't see what's funny. You get what he's saying. He's like, he goes, I'm going to die. He goes, I'm going to be 79 soon. I need to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to do it with Mike McCarthy. And we had the voice of the Cowboys on, Brad Sham. Yeah. And he goes, tremendous amount of pressure on Kellen Moore, obviously. And Mike McCarthy. And I just said, how many brain farts need to happen before they make a change? I'm talking about the timing and the end of the playoff game. Like, Nick, who pays for that? Nobody paid for it. Nobody. Nobody. And it was, to me, there's something underlying that the reason they kept McCarthy. There's there's an underlying reason. It's not money. It can't be money. It can't be money. Jerry will spend money. I mean, the Cowboys hadn't won a Super Bowl in the salary cap era. When he was able to go and outspin San Fran for Dion and Charles Haley and Ken Norton and all them, like we were a competitive team. But to really go in and say, here's a salary cap, you can't just pay everybody you want, like build a team, that's where they struggle. Most people get mad like, oh, Jerry is the GM. Jerry didn't make a decision in Dallas besides who the head coach is in a long time. His son, Steven, runs that team as far as GM-wise. Because if, if Jerry ran it, we'd have had Menzel. We'd have had other players, right? So Jerry drafted a quarterback round one every year. 100% because yeah. Jerry always <laughs> – Jerry missed out on Randy Moss, and he said he'd never miss out again. And that's why we, we get some of those players, and we try to maintain their, their saneness in, in Dallas. But um, it's one of those things, man. Being a Cowboys fan is fun. It's exciting, but – um, I'm, I like to call you. myself a realist, right? And I understand if we can make the playoffs, beat the, beat the Redskins, Giants, and Eagles, we're good. Sure. It should win the division, which we did last year. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, Texas is a great football state, but when's the last time you were in Florida? Florida, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a minute. Florida. There's a lot know. of fun things going on. The reason I say that is you've got to come down there, Nick, because what's going on with the Dolphins? Blow your mind. You know, I've, I've it's not seen, all good. Really? Well, no, what's good is Mike McDaniel. They love him. He hasn't coached a game yet, though. You got Tyreek Hill in there to help out Tua. 
but I don't think they're ever going to win because their owner appears to be an idiot. Yeah. And it starts at the top. It does. It does. And when you make start making decisions like they're making and, and doing things. It filters um, onto the field, does it not? 100%. Yeah. Like, and, and all that stuff trickles down into the product, right? And if anybody feels like the owner is a certain type of way or, you know, you, you start off with, the, with stuff that came out four or five months ago uh, asking someone to lose. And, you know, I've personally seen, been in meetings and seen things where not asking somebody to lose but just saying, you know, it doesn't matter about winning. Uh, it just matters about being competitive. We'll win next year or we'll win later. We need this pick or we want this player or we want. So they try to get in a situation. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see where they are as an organization. Uh, but it seems like there's a big buzz around the team right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But they're always they talk about them every day, all day. But whether they're going to be good or not, who knows? Uh, Craig Smith. Our director of scouting watches. He says, love Texas football. Hey, Texas, Florida, again, it's like pizza, ice cream. They're both great. Very hard to pick what's better. (laughs) And how blessed are we to be able to go to both and watch football? Uh, We'll be back. No, Jeff Kibelis watching in Winnipeg says, the RP Cowboys show. I'm up for that, Nick. How about you? 100%. Your source for Dallas Cowboys news and information analysis, the RP Show. I'd do it in a heartbeat. We should have our own Cowboys podcast. Because God knows there's not enough of those out there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, We'll be right back with uh, Overtime. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday on the Game Plus TV network. YouTube Live, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Overtime is a proud presentation of the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the Canadian Football League. One last segment with a Hall of Famer, Nick Lewis, with us. And we'll turn it loose to the viewers here uh, in viewer takeover. And actually, did I get to these texts? I don't think I did earlier. And I apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, Todd in Red Deer watching says, Hey, Rod, love the show. Hope your wound has healed. I hacked the hell out of my face shaving yesterday. It's healed up quite nicely, actually. And thank you, Ryan, our technical producer, for his help on that. He says, I am... An old guy, longtime CFL and Ryder fan, but has there been a better linebacker than Adam Big Hill? These eyes think not. Again, great show. Adam's a living Hall of Famer. We're watching a Hall of Famer on the field every week. They should just be blessed watching him. Uh, grateful. But for me, <laughs> Reggie Hunt's right up there, man. Uh, he really is. We put that to Wes Cates earlier. He mentioned Maurice Lloyd, who was a very uh, unheralded guy. Alondra Johnson. Well, listen, stop. John Grace. You're talking another. Alondra Johnson's in another stratosphere of linebacker. Yeah. John, in your face, Grace. John Grace, man, my rookie year and my second year, he was the runner-up defense player of the year to Anwar Stewart, then the defense player of the year on a team that the offense was horrid my rookie year. 
Like, we were a horrible offense. Yeah. Defense on the field all the time. So to make the plays, intercepting passes, getting sacks, creating fumbles, you know. So, yeah. Isn't that interesting, by the way, that John Grace isn't even mentioned, not even nowhere near the Hall of Fame? And why is that? It's, it's, it's such a stud. Yeah. You know, I always say, you know, longevity. I don't know what a lot of guys did before. Um, I know looking at when I got into the league, when we had uh, Scott Coe, um, George, and – George White? George White, John Grace, and Brian Clark, like running at 3-4. Studs. They were very dynamic in, in creating plays. So um, they inspired me uh, at an early age. So, man, those great guys, man. All great players. Yeah. D- Dougal Cameron in Calgary. The Stamps will be okay – with Huffnagel on the sidelines to support Killam. Killam's been there for 16 years himself. From Peter Hughesley in the Queen City, he says, I love Westgate's analogy on Fajardo. I don't care how tough you are. He's one hit away from being done for the season. Cody's an average quarterback at best when healthy, and when he's laboring like he is, he's totally ineffective. Signed Dolagata. Dolagata, whatever his name is. He has the it. To me, he's the best quarterback on the roster. He just don't know the game. He's got to learn the game. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know what Mason Fine is doing. Like, I, I'd have played <laughs> Dolagala last week. Like, it I seemed would. like to me Mason Fine in the preseason. I think he had, like, three completions the whole preseason. Like, and they built him up like he's Joe Montana around here. That's I mean, a sense that I get. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And Dolagala wasn't even on the roster, so who knows how and why they make these decisions. Janelle in Winnipeg, she's a Bomber fan, and she had a comment about Mike O'Shea going to the NFL. And to be honest, I wouldn't immediately discount that there have been a lot of guys go from the CFL to the NFL, but they're primarily Americans, and that shouldn't preclude anything. I shouldn't speak for Mike O'Shea. I barely know the man. Can't argue with success. I, you have to ask if he wants to or not, because he seems to be really be enjoying what he's doing. There's some factors. So when you look at coaching from CFL to college to NFL, CFL, you have a five-month season. You'll have some meetings in the offseason. If you maintain the same staff, you might get together for three weeks of the offseason. That means you have, set, you have pretty much six months off. College football, you're recruiting every every day except for two weeks. There's no offseason. NFL, you have mini camps. You have – there's too many things. So you're coaching all year round. You might get a month off, month and a half off, two months. So for someone that says, hey, you know what, I would – like I, Mike O'Shea probably makes really good money and he's done it for a long time. So um, – and I'm pretty sure he's well taken care of in Winnipeg. I don't see any hurry for someone like that to say, hey, I want to go coach in the NFL, where it's much harder to win. You're going to start with a team that you know is not very good. Do you get the proper time to build that team? That's why, the, that's why most teams always stay bad in the NFL. They never allow the new head coach to really set the tone over three or four years. <laughs> Jacksonville would be a good example. It's like saying, okay, we're going to drive over here, Rod. And then we get in the car, and then we're going to change directions. And then we're going to change directions again. You can't change directions every year. You have to pick a direction and, and say, look, we got to give you a chance to get there. 
And we know we don't have the talent now, but those are some of the things to think about when you look at a head coach and those opportunities. Nick, you are not just a pretty face because <laughs> when you say that, I think about the driving the car analogy is great. Because if you're changing direction every year, what are you doing? Going around in circles. 100%. And the problem with this is the fans have no patience. And it's in every sport. It's not just the NFL. They have no patience. And a lot of times it's an owner that doesn't know what he's doing. Again, back to the Jaguars. This Shad Khan seems like a hell of a great guy. A lot of fun at parties. No, shouldn't be running a football team. <laughs> but if you yeah. go back to Mike O'Shea when he first started, he wasn't doing very well. They stayed with the direction. Wouldn't you like to know how close they were to making a change when they were one and what were they, one and four, one and yeah. five, whatever that? Wouldn't you like to know? And would they ever say? I wonder if they would ever say. And because I remember when they brought in um, the head coach for Ottawa now. Lapo. Lapo. They were like, why would you bring in your replacement? It's like, if he, he's who he's supposed to be, I won't get replaced. And it worked out really well. Um, in that situation. So being able to start to win and start to understand, like, okay, those are all difficult things. And, like, people act like winning in professional sports is easy. That's what I mean. <laughs> I see, well, you, you last minute of playing the RP show, you spent a lot of time around George Cortez, and I, as have I. And George, <laughs> it's in the small league it's hard enough to win. Imagine a 32-team league with all the other stuff going on. Exponentially yeah. harder, which makes what the Patriots and Tom Brady have done just beyond mind-blowing. Most times in the CFL, the head coach is the highest paid, maybe a quarterback. But when you have guys making hundreds of millions of dollars and you're here making three or four or, or ten, like, trust me. How do you explain good, it? Good luck with that one and saying, hey, we're going to cut you. No, yeah. you're not. Or you're not playing this week. Yeah. That's not happening. Nick, have a great weekend. Really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. I appreciate the Hall of Famer Nick Lewis. And uh, we will be from Edmonton and the World Juniors Monday from River Cree Resort and Casino in the City of Champions. Can't wait. Thanks, y'all. Great uh, job from the IKS crew. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at noon Eastern. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.